0: I'm Joe. And I'm Ryan. And welcome to the Budget Bros Podcast. We've set out to make something different. Our goal is to reinvent the meaning of the word budget and to help you achieve a quality life without feeling like you're really giving anything up. We share our mindset, give you the
1: tips, tricks, and techniques that we use ourselves. We do the legwork and give you the very best of everything we find. Get ready, the podcast starts
0: right now. Welcome to an epic episode number 10 of the Budget Bros Podcast. This is a two-part episode, and we're talking all about budgets.
1: Yeah, last last week you finally mentioned that, uh, you know, some, one of your friends, you were talking to one of your friends, and they said, isn't your show called the Budget Bros Podcast? When are you going to talk about budgets?
0: You know, to be completely honest with you, I've been dreading this episode just a little bit. <laughs> Only because it's hard to make budgeting fun. And I think that's what we're about here on our podcast, making each uh, episode fun, uh, something that people want to listen to. So just trying to frame this episode in a way that's palatable.
1: It's going to taste really good. It's going to taste like chocolate on top of white chocolate on on top of peanut butter. It's going to be amazing. What's your favorite kind of ice cream, by the way, Ryan? Because my favorite is New York Super Fudge Chunk.
0: That's a very exotic sounding ice cream. <laughs> I think my favorite ice cream is, is just the good old Rocky Road.
1: Ah, uh, marshmallows. I could, I could do without the marshmallows, personally. Do you know how you know when someone has no flavor profile at all? It's when you ask them this question, they tell you that their favorite flavor is either vanilla, and I mean vanilla. Vanilla is like the base. Vanilla is like the first thing you start with and then you add the real ingredients. And you should be really scared if their favorite flavor is Neapolitan.
0: So, to any of our listeners out there, if you like <laughs> vanilla, then I apologize for Joe's insinc- insincere comments there. Uh, I just had to leave that little disclaimer.
1: <laughs> I don't dislike you. I just don't understand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can eat whatever ice cream you want. We accept all ice cream flavors at the Budget Bros Podcast.
1: But inevitably, the strawberry would like make its way into the other flavors. Nobody wanted the strawberry, but it would like it would like creep in, you know. So I always ate the chocolate because it was, it was hiding furthest from the, from the strawberry.
0: <laughs> but, I, but I do get your point. Um, like cho- <laughs> choose something that has a little flavor to it. Uh, I, I, That's right. A good backup flavor for me um, probably would be cookies and cream.
1: We also would have accepted red velvet cake, salted caramel core, or vanilla toffee <laughs> bar crunch. My favorite ice cream brand is by far Ben & Jerry's because they, they don't care how much fat or sugar they have to add to make that stuff taste good. They're going to do it, and they're going to make it really good.
0: See, the only problem nowadays for, for me is my wife doesn't like real food. Uh, she's not allowed to eat pretty much anything anymore. So I have to mm. enjoy all of these off-brown products like Natamu <laughs> and and things like that. And I mean, it's good, but it's never as good as the real thing. Like, I want real milk and ice cream and this is made from almonds or cashews or whatever the case may be. And it's a good substitute, but it's just not the same. And that's what my life's been reduced to.
1: Yeah, I feel horrible because my wife was j- just took an allergy test and she found out she's allergic to her two favorite beans. Beans? Can you guess what her two favorite beans are? Yeah.
0: I would say coffee's gotta be one of them.
1: Coffee beans and? Refried. <laughs> Pinto. Yeah. Everybody's favorite bean. No, the cocoa bean. She's oh, chocolate. allergic to chocolate and coffee. Two things that uh well, the coffee things she would drink every day. Chocolate not so much, but man, can you imagine being allergic to those two things? What that must be like?
0: Yeah, I don't I if don't If she
1: was here, I'm sure she'd be like totally agreeing with me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I always thought she was a bean burrito type girl, but you know, ch- chocolate. <laughs> chocolate's a good
1: yeah, I'm pretty sure refried bean is not a bean. <laughs> being
0: being a, an extreme budgeter, you know, a lot of times growing up, you opt for the bean burritos in the menu, right? Because there's the cheapest item and you can get two of them for the price of a meat burrito. Uh, there's bu- there's budgeting right. 101 right there.
1: Yeah, I think, I think I mentioned that on our first episode. So today we're talking about budgeting. What we really just want to do is empower you with the knowledge of your own finances, so that you can not only live within your means, but also live a more purposeful and more fulfilling, rich life. Well, we first want to welcome all of our new listeners and uh, just talk a little bit bit about what we've been doing on social media. We have over 112,000 followers. So we just want to uh, welcome anyone that's tuned into the podcast, who's saw some of those social media things. We've had over 4 million views on all our platforms. We really enjoy sharing this information with people. We don't have any sponsors, but we really, the one ask that we would have for today, if you enjoy our podcast, or even if you don't enjoy it, is to go to iTunes and give us a rating. And we'd like to really thank some of the people who've given us ratings. If you share your rating on iTunes and give us a review, we will say your name on the podcast. Whatever name you put in iTunes, when you go to iTunes, you do your little review, you can put whatever name you want. We'll say that on the air. So we'd like to thank Nick bullstright cm javi 10 y curtis fi after 40 and jam cool 95 want to thank all of you for for leaving a review on our podcast and we're going to listen or we're going to list each person each week who leaves a review on our podcast so uh I want to want to thank everybody for that
0: yeah and i just want to clarify one thing that joe said uh he said even if you didn't like our podcast you know if you didn't like our podcast you don't have to leave a review uh <laughs> <laughs> we really just want five stars or nothing. You know, let's just be perfectly honest with our audience. And, and it is really funny about reviews. Is years ago, uh, when I was working as a barber, I cut this this gentleman's hair. He was a writer. He was a famous writer. He wouldn't actually tell me any books he wrote. He wanted to be really private about it. But at the end of the day, I looked on Yelp, and he gave me a review. And he said, in his review, I, I love I, I this just, story just keeps coming back in my head from time to time. He wrote, Ryan changed my view on humanity and at the end of the review four stars not five but four. and I thought what do I got to do to get a five-star rating from this guy I just changed his view on humanity I do I need to like solve world hunger or <laughs> like so it was kind of funny my boss at the time was really obsessed with the reviews and he reached out to the guy via Yelp and sent him a message he's like you know what can we work on you know uh you know, we really like five-star reviews. He was really, and and the guy said, you know what? I gave him a four-star because there's always room for improvement. (laughs) And I loved his response, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, five-star or nothing.
1: (laughs) Well, we don't care. I mean, honestly, I, I want people to tell us what they really think. If you really want to tell us what you think, Send us an email to budgetbrospodcast at gmail.com and we'll work on those things. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> let's 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 leave the work part to email and, and just, you know, smash that like button and five star us. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> But follow us on those platforms. Actually, one of the things that we're doing actually daily is sending out a super quick deal of the day. And it's amazing the feedback that we've gotten on those things. I put up an air fryer. And fifteen thousand people instantly saw it and were like super excited about getting this air fryer. Uh, of course, it was seventy dollars off, so it was a pretty good deal. It ended up being only thirty bucks. But you know some some products you know people just don't have the time to research or find, and if you just watch our daily deal, it's only 15 to 30 seconds long, and we post them on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. You might find some good deals, something you've been looking for, and you don't have to do that search. Let us do that for you.
0: If there's anything that you're looking for, I, I've read some of the comments of our posts. People are like, "Hey, find a projector, a laptop." You know, g- give us uh, some items that you're looking for, and we'll keep our eye out. So getting back to our subject today on budgeting, I don't know about you, Joe, but when I hear the word budget, I almost feel like I, like it's the word homework for me. Like I know it's going to be painful, I'm going to have to put the time in, and it's something that I, I don't know, growing up I would always put off doing. I'd rather do anything than doing my homework. But neither of us really believe that money is the end-all be-all. We're not talking about cutting everything out from your life, but we're really trying to talk about budgeting in a way of, of taking a good look at how much you're making, and maybe some areas that you can make some adjustments in.
1: Yeah, you know, when it it comes to budget, most people just look at their bank account and they say, oh, well, I've got the money, I'm going to go ahead and spend it. But even if you are super wealthy, you need a budget. Even if you're super poor, you need a budget. If you're middle class, as they call it, you need a budget. You need to understand just enough about your finances, to the very least, so that you know where you are. And there's several reasons for that. And all really a budget is is a formal way of knowing the ins and outs of your money. You know, you take how much you make, you take how much you spend. If you make more than you spend, you're doing pretty good. What we want to kind of talk about is, is what's included in the budget and really why it's important to include it or to understand those things that are in your life.
0: That's what we're going to cover today. We're going to bring our wives in on this discussion because budgeting really is a team effort. You have to be on the same page. You have to work together on this. And before we bring Abby and Lucy in, first we want to talk
1: about the budgeting building blocks. How do you get started? How can you make your own budget and what tools are available? And since this is the season finale for season one, we wanted to do something special for you guys. So we're actually doing this as a two-part episode. Now we're not going away completely, we're just still gonna be all over social media. And stay tuned because we're gonna be talking about some 15-minute segments that we're gonna be doing during this break while we're working on future episodes. And make sure to stay till the end of this episode because Lucy has her money-saving tip of the week. And next week, we've got a money-saving gift of the week. So we got a lot of things to talk about. So let's, let's kind of formulate what a budget consists of. The first thing is your income. As an employee of a company, you want to consider your income as all of that money that you make minus taxes, insurance, all your 401k, all that stuff. Basically, how much gets deposited into your bank account? That's an easy way to put it. If you make bonuses or things like that, you don't want to include that necessarily in that monthly budget that you have going forward. You just want to know just the minimum amount you're going to make every single month. If you're self-employed, that's a lot harder, right? Because you don't know how much money you're going to make every month. What you want to include is the lowest amount that you're going to earn as that self-employed person every month. So maybe you could look at the past you know, a couple, three months, what was the minimum amount you got paid? You're going to put that as your income.
0: When you create a budget and you write down the lowest amount that you've made in several months, uh, that's something that I've done for years. Don't overestimate. You want to always underestimate how much money you're going to, going to bring in. That way you can be pleasantly surprised some months on- how much you can save and, and what's left over at the end of each month. So the second part of your budget is your expenses. And this really can be broken up into three main categories, your needs, your wants, and your savings. You can also add charitable contributions to that. So it's that simple, right?
1: Like you have your 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 income and you have your expenses. It's It's really not rocket science, but then you got to put that budget together, right? So how do you make a budget? Well, the simplest possible way that you can make a budget is to literally take a piece of paper, draw three vertical lines on it. So that'll create four columns. At the top, you put your income, your needs for column two, your wants, and then your savings. And so what you can do is take your bank statement, your credit card statement, just for the last month and write down each item from each category into that budget. That'll give you an idea as you total all those things up at the bottom where you're at, and how much you're spending every month. So when you add all those things up, basically subtract all those expenses from what you're making, and that'll tell you whether you're spending more than you make. If you're spending less than you make, great. You're on target. That means you can kind of work out some of those finite details with some of those expenses, maybe figure out some ways to save a little bit of money. But if you find out that you're spending more than you make, then you really need to kind of take at it with a Well, if you're spending less than you make, you're kind of like using a scalpel. And if you're spending more than you make, you need to come at it with a machete. (laughs) There you go. After you tally all of that information on your budget, understanding what your income is and what your expenses are, the question you need to ask yourself is, are you spending over 50% of your income on your needs? There's really two reasons for using that 50% figure. The first reason is that when you only spend half of your monthly income On those absolute needs then it frees up more money to do things like pay down debt the second reason has to do with preparing yourself to get a mortgage they're gonna look at your debt to income ratio that means how much are you spending on those needs compared to how much your income is and you always want to be in a position that if you are to try to get some kind of loan or
0: mortgage that you will be approved. And on that subject of ratios, uh, how does the other 50% break down? Well, really 30% or less should be spent on your wants. We're talking about entertainment, eating out, uh, Amazon shopping, which we both love to do. Then 20% or more should be for your saving. This is a very important category that you wanna keep in mind.
1: You know, it's really important to, to really differentiate what a need versus a want is, right? A lot of people really think they need the newest fashion, the newest clothes, things like that. Yeah, you need clothes, but you don't need to overspend on clothes. So you really need to make sure you differentiate that in your budget. A lot of people out there, they may be making like $50,000. After taxes, they're making $40,000. And so think about this. To save 20% of your income, that's $8,000 a year. That sounds like such a huge number. But if you aren't there yet, you know, try to make that your goal. So when you're looking at your budget and you're deciding where to trim, you know, what to work on, what not to work on, you can kind of think of that in the back of your mind. I really need to save this amount and then break it up over each month through each paycheck and just make that a goal of yours to
0: save. If you make four paychecks a month, two of those paychecks go to your expenses. One of those goes to your wants and the other one can go to your savings. And you're somewhere in the in that ratio it's another way of looking at it if you use this method if you get a
1: bonus at work right an annual bonus or say you get your tax return back and you actually get a refund unlike we got <laughs> this year you can you can use that money you can save it and it'll help you get to that eight thousand dollar goal or whatever that dollar amount is for that year so those windfalls don't spend them
0: i read an article not too long ago that the average american doesn't have more than four hundred dollars saved for any emergency There's a lot of things that come up that you don't anticipate and not having to, you know, go down and take out a payday loan or or something like that that's really gonna trap you in years and years of debt. It's great to always have money for a rainy day.
1: I just wanna address the fact that, you know, when you look at these ratios, these are goal ratios. These are not ratios, you know, this 50, 30, 20 is not like this set in stone thing. We want you to know that we understand that sometimes your needs, are 100% of your income. And that's a really scary place to be. So, that's a goal. You know, that's something to work towards. If you can look at the budget and just start trimming things, you can start moving those other ratios up, especially the savings ratio, because what we're trying to help our listeners to achieve is just a little bit more peace in their financial life. When you have just that little bit of a buffer, even if it's $400, $500, $1,000, Whatever you can save, having that set aside just gives you that peace of mind that you don't have to worry about every single paycheck. And what it also does is, like Ryan mentioned earlier, you don't have to go get that payday loan. You don't have to rely on your credit card. And when you don't have to rely on those things, you save huge amounts on interest. Again, not everybody's going to have the same ratios, um, but it's it's something to work towards. When it comes to budgets, a lot of people might be intimidated or you know they just think it's gonna be a lot of work, it's really not that much work with some of the tools that are available. And next week, we'll be giving away our ultimate budgeting tool, which is gonna make budgeting so much easier for so many people, and we can't wait to give that away. So make sure to tune in next week, because we're gonna show you exactly how you can get that budgeting tool. And if you're already a subscriber, you're gonna get this automatically in your email, but if you're not a subscriber, go to our website, budgetbrospodcast.com, scroll to the bottom, and put your email address in to make sure you get that budgeting tool.
0: I think it's a great time to invite back in Abby and Lucy to the Budget Bros studio. The, the uh, refried bean thing is definitely going to stay on. If it's like ridiculous, he leaves it in. Abby, Lucy, welcome back.
2: thanks Thanks for having me back I after the last episode I wasn't sure if you wrote me off forever <laughs>
1: we can't we live with you
0: yeah
2: <laughs> and you know what
0: the truth of the matter is is that both of you are so much smarter than we are we've talked about it off off air before but uh, we're Completely like man not true. and our wives really uh, our wives are really smart
3: I didn't marry no dummy
0: sometimes Lucy you know being a nurse would start talking to other nurses and they use this whole other language that I don't <laughs> understand and I would just look at them and say, you know, I cut hair good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what else to say. Just looking, my eyes glossed over. Okay, I'm just going to stand here and pretend like I know exactly what they're saying. For even though I was in finance for years,
1: Abby will talk to me at the end of the day, and she's like, I did this, and I did that, and there was this, you know, KXY form that I filled out on the 928, and boy... The borrower was really unhappy about it. I'm like, yeah, that sounds (laughs) What a rough day. She's like, no, it was great. And I'm like, oh, that's right. It sounds great.
3: (laughs) No, I think that's inevitable. You have to develop a jargon, a, a vocabulary for your work. Yeah. And that's just how it goes. I mean, that's part of the profession. And yeah, anybody else who's not in that profession is like, huh?
1: Yeah. She used to work for a department that would basically take all these properties and sell them or buy new properties. And and she'd work with realtors and all kinds of stuff. It was this huge, huge project all over the country. The acronyms were insane and everybody used them. Oh, you don't know. Oh, you mean
3: abbreviations. That's what nurses do. Everything's abbreviated because we can't be bothered to remember the whole word.
1: DNR, DNR.
3: Yeah, exactly. I no, like. We don't to, use that much.
0: I like to actually abbreviate the word abbreviate, so I, I, I like to abbreviate things all the time. <laughs> does, it, does that get me street cred? I don't know.
1: I think we should do that the rest of the ep. <laughs>
0: hey, did you hear that noise, Joe? That was like 10 unsubscribers from our horrible jokes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Abby and Lucy,
1: welcome back. We want to talk budgeting. And you know, the reason we're talking about budgeting with you is because when you think about a budget, it is a family affair. If both people understand the budget, how much they can spend, how much they can't spend, it really makes things a lot easier in the family. Would you agree?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: So we're talking about budgets. We're talking about relationships. So <laughs> let's let's start with you, Lucy. Do you remember the first time you and Ryan sat down and did a budget?
3: Uh, Yes. He threw everything at me, ran away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was probably very accurate. She she was working in the banking industry at the time, and I said, "Okay, you're working in banking, so um, here, tell us how much we need to spend on anything.
3: <laughs> no, he said, "This will stress me out too much. Here, you do it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, from the beginning, from the probably the, you know the first one, month we were married, we had to sit down and and. Work out how much we could spend right before our, our wedding. Somehow we'd both lost our job, and we're starting out basically at square one. Uh, he had just finished barbering college and was starting barbering. I remember he was bringing home like a hundred and fifty dollars a week to start because he didn't have a clientele yet. So. Yeah, we had like I figured it out. We had like twenty five dollars left over a week for food, so it was like white bread and bologna sandwiches and cabbage soup. Like, <laughs> I just want bad. to
1: know when you're talking about uh, barber college, it sounds so prestigious, but what is it really? Because I'm just imagining, you know, a, a bunch of students sitting around in the in the the hair library with a bunch of hair products, doing tests, and you like, you know, and stuff like that.
0: Essentially, yeah. all a barber college really is 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 set up like a barbershop where you have like an hour of class in the morning and then real people come in and you practice on them and what's (laughs) kind of scary is we even practice face shaves i remember the first couple face shaves i gave with a straight a straight edge razor was uh on you know people who left maybe a little a little bloody i don't know (laughs) it was uh I mean if you're willing to
3: pay four dollars for a haircut, and, what do you expect? Yeah,
0: and that's a great money saving tip. If you don't want to spend a hundred percent on a haircut, go find a barber college and, you know, see see how it works out for you. <laughs> Let's get back to budgets. <laughs> so this question's for Abby then. Do you remember your guys' first budget that you created?
2: My version of budgeting was every few months I would sit down with pen and paper, draw a line down the middle Uh, put my income on the left side and my expenses on the right side. To me, budgeting was something that it wasn't really realistic to me because I was at the mercy of unexpected expenses. And then in between, if I had extra money, I'd go spend it. And then unexpected things would come up and I'd panic and figure out a way to pay for it. And on and on, it would go like that in a cycle. I met Joe that changed
1: <laughs> you make it sound like, it's just like
2: no no we um we we sat down like i remember like in the first month we were married we we got life insurance and it was going to be a yearly bill it was like 500 bucks a year you know for the two of us we were talking and we were saying you know this is 500 dollars a year so we should really save up every month for it so we don't have a surprise bill at the end yeah yeah that's a good idea in fact let's do that with a lot of things we've tried many things over the years and that's the one thing that really has stuck with us i remember one time we tried the envelope system (laughs) and i hated it hated it (laughs) i hate the envelope system too Man, I rebelled against it. In fact, I figured out a way to cheat the system. I would use my debit card so I had more cash in my envelope.
0: You know, what's really funny is I think that envelope system just landed us both on the couch tonight, Joe.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, you put the money in the envelopes and you forget about it or you leave it at home or... You know, you don't really have money when you actually need it. And if you lose the envelope, what are you going to do, right? So, you know, having a budget in mind is a little bit easier than that, isn't it? You know, and, and you might overspend, but then you're used to using that card for that right thing. And so I think it, it actually works out better in the end if you do what you are planning to do in the future now.
0: There is only one time in our life that we actually tried that. We we're living in a foreign country in Malaysia where everything was done in cash, essentially. So we'd have to go each month or every couple weeks to the ATM, pull all the cash out that we needed. So instead of, I mean, when you're just using all cash, it's easy to burn through through it really quickly. So that's when we started uh, developing envelope system for for Lucy and I. And the worst part about the envelope system for me was every week my envelope was instantly gone. And then I'd start asking Lucy to help, uh, you know, like, hey, do you wanna pay for our snacks today or? (laughs) She was really good at saving, but I I just burned through that envelope immediately.
2: Yeah, and you know, if your budget plan repels you, don't abandon the concept of budgeting. Find something that suits you, but don't abandon your budget. So that brings me to my favorite way of budgeting. Because um, personally, I find the word in itself kind of repelling. <laughs> it feels restrictive to me. I feel like a child. Hey, that's the name you know. of our podcast. Yeah. I mean, you guys are the budget bros, you know, you guys are the experts. But for me personally, um, you know, I-, I find the word in itself just restrictive. Like I have to be really self disciplined, it's a lot of rules. But at the same time, I also wanna be able to afford the things that I need and I want money available when I need it. So (laughs) to me, I found like Joe and I have uh, figured out that perfect middle ground there. And that is basically that we have a yearly savings account we estimate as many yearly expenses as we can so when i look at the last year of what i spent on house maintenance car maintenance car registration car insurance annual hoa life insurance accounting accountants clothing vacations subscriptions to amazon and things like that health expenses i looked at what i spent on a yearly basis on those things I added them all up and I divided by 12. And that is what I put into our monthly savings account. I remember times when I was a kid, I was raised by a single mother. And I remember one time our car broke down and we didn't have money to fix it. And it was just a domino effect. It's like we had to borrow a car from somebody. And then my mom had to save a little bit each week for the repair. And and then she had to take it from another portion of the, you know, the food bill and we went on for like a whole month without a vehicle, without borrowing from friends, you know, all because she couldn't afford a new belt.
1: So then what about how much we have to save every month?
2: At first, it was a big chunk of change. For us, it's $528 a month. The more we did it, the more I realized, wow, the number one stress reducer in my life is having money available when I need it for not just emergencies, but it felt like All of our yearly expenses were due all at the same time in December. So our life insurance, our car insurance, all this stuff was all due at the same time. And so it was just the money was available. It was there when we needed it.
0: So, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, Abby?
2: Imagine, you know, you get a flat tire. All right. You go to the tire shop and, oh, by the way, you need all your new tires. That could become such a domino effect in somebody's life. It actually affects their financial security and that of their entire family. Just something little like that. Because then they've got to borrow it or they got to put it on credit or... They can't pay it at all, so then they're risking the security and safety of their family driving on the roads with bad tires, you know?
1: I don't know if, if you guys experienced this either, but when we were growing up, it seemed like, at least my parents, we got new tires when the other ones were, like, exploded. Like, <laughs> like they were so bald, and everyone was like that that we knew. It was like, you didn't get tires until your other ones were just completely useless and now it's like you go to like discount tire and they're like they get out the little measuring thing and they're like oh it's above the line
3: yeah i i ran my my second car i ran my tires down to the mesh like you could see the wire mesh underneath the rubber (laughs) and i still drove across country on those things
0: the first car my parents ever gave me was a chevy nova but it wasn't like the cool chevy nova like the race car there was a year in the 80s where chevy teamed up with toyota and essentially made this like Toyota Corolla and slapped a Chevy Nova sticker on it. (laughs) This was just not a cool car, but I drove that bad boy around. But when my parents gave it to me, I was already riding on slicks. And I remember the mesh coming around the the tires and I was thinking, hey, you guys just gave me a car that I have to put all new tires on. Like, ah, it's gonna be fine.
3: (laughs) I remember um, when I was a little bit older, I had a nicer car and they finally told me at discount that they were giving me the sport tire that melted to the road because it was sport performance. But I kept having to replace them. And finally, I'm like, what is wrong with these tires? And they're like, oh, because they're, they're this kind of tire where they just melt to the road. And I'm like, well, I don't want melty tires.
1: OK, I want to know what kind of company makes marshmallow tires. A company that makes a lot of money. Um, but It's <laughs> a great I, business plan. You know what? Here, th- I can imagine their first meeting. OK, how are we going to sell more tires? I know. We're going to make tires melt. That way they go bad much faster.
0: And that's a really sad reality. But getting back to what Abby was talking about, you know, when like a belt breaking in a car puts your family back for a month, and then makes you feel like you don't even have food security, that's really tough. And even the fact that she remembers it to this day, that had a huge impact on her family, not only financially, but also emotionally.
2: This type of yearly savings account is a really great way to begin that conversation because when they start to see that when expenses come up or they want to buy something or they want to go on vacation, the money's already there. It's sitting there. They don't have to take it out. They don't have to borrow it from something else or use credit. I have had such a better sense of um, financial security. One less thing you have to worry about If you're living paycheck to paycheck, that's all you're thinking about is that next catastrophe that's coming your way, that that instability, that up and down, going where the wind blows you. But when you have these things already set aside, it just has such a sense of peace and you give that gift to your whole family when you do that.
0: Yeah, when you were talking about just waiting for the next catastrophe or even just waiting for the next bill to come in, when we were living on a super tight budget, I remember sometimes feeling a certain amount of dread just checking the mailbox. Cause I was like, oh no, what is gonna come in that's unexpected? How am I gonna handle this? Just checking the mail was an anxiety inducing experience.
3: And that's, you know, probably the, within the first year we were married, it was the car insurance because we were still really young when we got married. So our car insurance was ridiculous ridiculously high. So yeah, that first time that that six month premium hit, it was so horrifying to me that that's when I I started doing the same thing. I was working for a credit union and they had these little separate savings accounts. So within your same, you know, account, you could have separate little savings account. You put stuff aside. So I started putting that extra, you know, a hundred and something dollars every month into that account so that that $900 six month premium did not just knock us for a loop. So it's a great way to, to kind of mitigate some of that terror.
1: We were first married. We were very, we had a very similar situation. We were dirt poor. Abby had just lost her job and it was, you know, we were relying all on my income and we made the tough decision that she would stay home for a time and not go to a job and work. She wanted to do some volunteer work. And so when we did that, we were not only spending more than we made, uh, but we were also really using, utilizing our credit cards and we were in a lot of debt. And so we really had to come up with a plan. And the first step of that was to really analyze our budget. What could we afford? And so when it came to things like, how much did we need to find a place to rent for? Well, we had to make sure that that rent fit within our budget. And what we ended up doing is actually leaving a house that we owned, we rented it out so that we could move closer to where I worked so that we could share a car. And that was so huge for our budget. We were saving thousands of dollars a year just by having one vehicle and one insurance payment and one, you know, gasoline, one tank of gas to fill up. If we had never analyzed it, we would have never thought, hey, maybe we should go down to one car. Something as simple as that can have such a huge impact, especially on a newly married couple.
0: It's interesting that you mention getting down to one vehicle. We recently, for the first time since we've been married 16 plus years, have gotten down to one vehicle. We realized with the special circumstances and things that are going on right now that we really have no need for two vehicles. We were just going to have to pay a pretty high annual registration fee. Uh, we we're able to cut the insurance. We're just not driving that much. I think we just filled up our, our gas tank once in the last month. So yeah. we, we we sold the car. We are only paying on one vehicle and it's done uh, wonders for our budget.
1: Yeah, we actually just were discussing that last night about moving down to one vehicle. And, you know, for the listeners, if you're both working at home, like we are, and you really only need one vehicle, even if you don't want to get rid of that other vehicle, if you own it, you know, if you, if you have a loan on it, you can't do this, but if you own your vehicles, you can just stop insurance on one of those cars. Yeah. Turn it on every once in a while and turn it off, but you can, or you can get insurance just for a car that's parked and that's much much cheaper than getting, you know, regular full coverage like you have on your other vehicles.
3: Yeah, don't stop insurance altogether because if a tree falls on your car, <laughs> Well, it's parked in the driveway, you're not covered. You don't know how much our sub- car's in- worth. Yeah, however, I will say our car is only worth like $1,500. So, Okay, so maybe then. But for us, what I did and was... And it's parked
1: in a garage.
3: I, I put it on, uh, what is it? Comprehensive Only. So for Comprehensive Only, it was like maybe like 50 bucks for like the six months. It it saved $500, bad. you know, for six months for me to just put it on that. But yeah, don't, don't you know, keep in mind that if you stop your insurance altogether... You will not be covered for a hailstorm, an act of God, a tree falling on your car. Any of those things will also not be covered.
1: Yeah. So keep the insurance and drive the car that is the best one, the one one with the most utility. So we're going to go ahead and pause our conversation right there. We have so much more to say. You're definitely going to want to tune into our next episode. But we wanted to make sure you had a money-saving tip of the week. So let's go ahead. This is this week's money-saving tip of the week.
3: a lot of tricks for saving money on food i'm terrible at coupons because i would get to the checkout and i would forget about the coupons in my back pocket or in my purse and i would oh that was so terrible um but now i use there's several different apps but my favorite is ibotta and you basically load the coupons on there and it will actually sync to your store cards so walmart sprouts any of those um places target that you you have like a little loyalty card it will automatically learn what you you bought so you don't even have to upload your receipts anymore to them they they just automatically get that information and they send you the rebate which is really nice because I don't have to think about it I don't have to remember to upload my receipt I don't have to remember coupons um, and it's you know I just put in things that I'm actually gonna buy rather than wandering around the store searching and spending more on stuff that's on sale per se. And, and then I combine that with the stores, like Sprouts has their own coupons. Sometimes I can double up. Walmart, um, Target has their own coupons, their little circle thing that I sign up for and I use. So a lot of times I'm doubling up coupons and sales so that I can get the best deal on food.
1: Yeah, so check out ibotta.com. We're gonna go ahead and put the link in our show. So that does it for part one of our two-part season finale episode on budgets of all things. So we want to thank our guests, Abby and Lucy, for coming on the podcast today. You're going to hear them next week as we continue this conversation. We'd also like you to please, if you haven't subscribed, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and our ask this week is to please give us a rating on iTunes. We thank you all for listening. We'll see you in seven days. Take care.